Uh, Let's stand for the reading of God's word. Hear the word of God. And they were bringing children to Jesus that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, what we would ask now is that our hearts and minds would be open to you. Uh, we pray that by your spirit that you would be teaching us. I pray that you would be in my mind and my thinking, my mouth and my speaking. And uh, Lord, I pray that um, we might be encouraged and built up, that the lost would be saved, that your people would be built up, and that you would be glorified in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Please be seated. So in a little while, we're going to have uh, a baptism. We're going to observe the, and bear witness to the baptism of Eleanor Irving. And I just thought, um, okay, for, first of all, it's like, why? Why do parents bring their children up uh, for baptism? And, uh, and then also, but even more so, it's not like I'm, I'm simply trying to make some sort of case for infant baptism. There's people who have different views with regards to baptism, and that's, and I think all of that falls well under the umbrella of Christianity. But how does Jesus view children? And what is, you know, because I, I think very often we think that the only one who really counts and the only people that really count are those who can, you know, who are older or those who can understand, those who have faith and that sort of thing. But what does Jesus actually think of children and how does he relate to them? What does he have for them? And I think that's both important for uh, children among us as well as those who uh, bring their children to church as well as bring their children for baptism. And so here we have an example of uh, parents bringing little children to Jesus. Uh, in Luke's gospel, it actually says infants. So they're as small as babies. And, uh, and so these parents are probably carrying their children to Jesus. And so now the, the question is, why? Why are they bringing their children to Jesus? Uh, it does, apparently, they, it's, not, you know, it's not because they're sick. Uh, or anything like that. Uh, they, they, and also, they're not able to understand a sermon, right? So, hey, Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a preacher. Why in the world are parents bringing their little children and even infants to Jesus? Their children are too young. And what they wanted was to secure a blessing from God. They wanted to secure a blessing for their children. Their children are too young to do that for themselves. And so the, cho- the parents of the children come on their behalf. The children are too young and ignorant to understand how much they need God's grace. And so the parents seek it for them. And the parents also understood that because they were part of the people of God, the covenant community, so their children were part of that as well. And so they're not simply coming for a, uh, uh, a blessing. Like when we think of blessing, we simply think of, you know, uh, just something good, something nice or favor or whatever. These parents would have understood and believed that 
they would be receiving the same type of blessing that Abraham received in Genesis 12, that the Israelites received through Moses. And so it's that kind of blessing, the blessing that was not only for them, but for their children. But as they get close to Jesus, they are intercepted by the disciples, right? It's like they're, they're, it's as if Jesus is, you know, he's the president and the CEO and, and they're like, whatever, the secretary or the receptionist. Hey, you can't, you can't see the boss without an appointment, you know, so you can just imagine these, these parents coming with their children and all of a sudden the disciples, right? Matthew, you know, Peter coming up to people and just saying, uh, what do you think you're doing? Well, we're, we're coming to Jesus. We, we want Jesus to bless, to bless our children. You know, and to which they're probably saying, yeah, right. Like, don't you think Jesus, he's an important person. And he's got things to do. He's got more important things to do than to be bothered with babies and children. And on the one hand, can we blame the disciples, right? They know something about Jesus. They know that he is somebody who is important. Uh, They have observed him heal the sick, cast out demons, walk on water, calm storms. They are coming to believe that he is the Messiah. And wherever Jesus went, crowds gathered. People would line up. He hardly ever got a break. He would, they would bring the, the sick and the lame and the blind, and he could go on all day ministering to people. So what were these people? What were these parents? What were they thinking? I can imagine the disciples, right? Does the, does the child have a demon? No. Is the child blind? Uh, no. Is the child sick? No. Then why in the world, why in the world are you bringing your child to Jesus? Right? Like, go home. <laughs> He's busy. So first the parents are rebuked, but they're not the only ones who are rebuked. Then there is followed up by another rebuke, and that is by Jesus himself. And it is actually aimed towards the disciples. It says in verse 14, but when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. There's a strong word, right? He is angry. He is upset, right? He is vexed. Now he's asking the disciples, what in the world do you think that you are doing? And he says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. I welcome children. I welcome even infants. I want them to come to me. Do not keep them from me. I want them to come to me. Why? For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Which is an interesting statement. Jesus doesn't say, uh, for God loves children, or I love little babies. That's not why he says, that's not why he's indignant. 
That's not why he's inviting them to himself. He just, I just think they're just the cutest things on the planet, and I just, I just love babies. That's not only, and I'm sure he did. I'm sure he does. But that's not why he's indignant, and that's not why he wants them to come. But he says, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Right? The kingdom of God, that's, that's, that's a spiritual, invisible, eternal realm. The eternal kingdom of God, the place where God reigns, the kingdom over which God rules and where he lives. It's a kingdom of righteousness and glory and peace and joy. And ultimately, the kingdom of God is the kingdom that we are built for. It's the world that we are built for and for which our hearts long for. It's the kingdom of the free. It's the kingdom of the forgiven. It's the kingdom where love and acceptance and grace and peace and beauty and happiness are experienced in their fullness. To which you might be thinking, sounds great. How do I get in? (laughs) How do I get into a kingdom like that? And the answer is, be like a child. For Jesus says, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. It is their inheritance. It is their possession. They they belong to it and it belongs to them. And this is one of the reasons why parents bring children and even infants to Jesus for baptism. Just as Josh and Sarah are going to bring Eleanor for baptism. These parents, just like them, take the promises of God seriously. That state that God's covenantal blessings is not just for them, but also for their children. As Genesis 17, 7 says, the Lord says this to Abraham, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after So God is not only extending his blessing and his grace towards Abraham, but also to his offspring, and his offspring would receive the sign of the covenants, which is circumcision. We find something similar in the New Testament in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, where uh, people hear Peter preaching. And uh, the people are cut to the hearts. Uh, He tells them about Jesus and his death and his resurrection and how they need to turn from their sins. And then uh, the people say to Peter, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. Now, while it is too much to say that just because a person is a child or a baby, the kingdom of God is automatically theirs or somehow theirs by right. There is a sense to which Jesus is talking about we are to be childlike, not necessarily simply being a child. But surely Jesus is not saying that children and infants are disqualified from the kingdom because they are children, because they can't exercise their own personal faith. In other words, the kingdom of God is for, there are those who kind of look at it and say, well, the kingdom of God is for childlike people, but it's not actually for children. 
That's obviously not what Jesus is talking about, right? You need to be childlike. Well, but it's not talking about children. It's just you got to be childlike. Well, no, Jesus is actually talking about actual children as well. And so this is why we as Presbyterians, for instance, believe that we have a well-founded case that the sign of belonging to the people of God or the church, baptism, is not only for adults, but also for their children. And that parents who desire God's blessing for their children signified in baptism should not be hindered from doing so. But this doesn't mean that we are not saying there is nothing required from a child who receives the blessing of Jesus, who receives the sign of baptism and covenant blessing, that there's not something that is required of them as well. A baptism like circumcision before doesn't save anyone. And in baptism, God makes his pledge to be the child's God, but someday the child himself or herself also needs to respond, respond in faith, right? Just imagine these parents later on whose children are being blessed here by Jesus one day that they would have a a conversation that maybe looks like this. Think of this, my child. When you were just a small child, when you were a baby, Jesus took you in his arms and blessed you. And at that time, you already were an object of God's tender love. And he has been with you ever since. What then is your response? And the response is to be a follower of Jesus and to entrust their lives to him as well. But Jesus goes on and says, I tell you the truth, and this is really where he explains it. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom like a little child will never enter into it. That Jesus says we need to receive the kingdom and that we need to enter into it implies that we don't have it simply by being baptized or being born. But all of us are born outside the kingdom because of our sin and even children need to receive it. We are all disqualified by nature and because of our sin. That's why we never need to enter into it. We're on the outside. We need to enter in. We don't have it. We need to receive it. Even a child needs to receive it. So then the question is, receive it how? Enter how? It's not by doing certain things, right? Obeying the commandments, going to church, saying your prayers, or having certain knowledge, because that misses the whole be like a child point, because they're not able to do that. A baby isn't able to do that. It's not about doing something. It's about receiving something. Something that is freely given to those who will ask for it. Who by faith will receive what is freely offered and we can never earn, which is the kingdom of God. And forgiveness and life and adoption as God's child. Right? Knowing that there's absolutely... That's the, that's the thing about children, right? They, they don't believe, oh, I, I deserve this, give this to me. They'll just ask big things of their parents. Assuming they're going to get it. Why? Because they are their children. And they have faith in the goodness of their parents and the generosity of their parents. And so it is for us towards God. But this kingdom is something that is secured for us by Jesus. The whole reason why Jesus came into the world was to bring the kingdom of God to us. 
to bring us salvation, to make insiders out of outsiders. And only he can do that because he's the king of the kingdom. He's talking about his own kingdom. And he's the king of that kingdom. So how does he secure the kingdom for us? Ironically, it's by becoming an outsider. He becomes an outsider of the kingdom. On the cross, he took our sins upon himself. He was prevented from going to the Father. He even cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was rebuked by God so that we might be blessed. God said to him, stay away from me so that he could turn to you and to I, to me, and say, come, come to me. He died so that we might live. And three days later, he rose from the dead and he gives the blessing of the kingdom and eternal life to whomever he will and to whoever will receive it. And we have a foreshadowing of it here. When it says in verse 16, and he took the children in his arms, blessed them, laying his hands on them. Uh, When it says uh, he took them and blessed them, it actually literally can be read as he blessed them fervently. This wasn't Jesus simply saying, you know, God bless and good luck. You know, hope you have a nice life. Right. He's there's something happening here. Jesus is really blessing these children and they are really being blessed. They come for covenantal blessings, not just simply wish you well. And Jesus is actually bestowing his blessing upon them. And so not only is this a a demonstration of the grace of God, bestowing, giving something that one doesn't deserve, something that something that they can never earn, but it's also an illustration of how the blessing comes to us and an invitation for any one of us to receive it. Jesus says elsewhere, for instance, in John seven thirty seven, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. That's all you got to do, come to me. Matthew eleven twenty eight. come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In John 1.12 it says, But to all who did receive Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so my question to you is, have you come to Jesus? Have you come to Jesus? Have you received the kingdom? Have you entered into the kingdom? The door is wide open. How do, you, how do you come in? How do you receive it? By receiving the king. You can't have the kingdom without the king. You have to receive Jesus. Becoming a Christian means you, you give up the right to rule your own life. You stop living for this world and living for yourself. You stop living as if you're king. Don't allow your pride, your independence your self-sufficiency, your fear of what others might say or how they might react, keep you from coming and keep you from receiving. Come like a child. Childlike trust, childlike humility, open and empty hands, expectant with gratitude. Where you simply say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for giving your life for me. Thank you for dying for my sins. By faith, I receive you as my Lord. Would you forgive me of all of my sins and give me eternal life? 
That's what it means. That's what it looks like to receive the kingdom. For you who are Christian people, Jesus is saying, he, didn't, he doesn't just simply say that to you once when you were a child, come to me. But he says it to you over and over and over again. The invitation is always open. Day after day, it's, it's come to me. And he wants to touch you and bless you and reassure you of his love. And he is available and approachable and wants to meet your needs and heal your hurts. He loves you. That's why he is here now. Right? We already talked about that at the very beginning of the service. Jesus bestowing his blessing, his grace upon us and upon you. And for those of us who are parents, the exhortation is of first importance. Get your children to Jesus. Which is not less than getting your kids to church, but it's much more than that. Much more than getting them to a Christian school or getting them to believe that there is a God, but urge them to look to Jesus, to trust in Jesus, to follow Jesus, to pray to Jesus, to worship, obey, love, live for Jesus. Be careful that you don't have them depend upon themselves and upon you or upon others, but primarily on Jesus and on him first. And don't allow your children to settle for anything less than the kingdom of God. There's another kingdom out there that is competing for their attention that can look actually quite intriguing and can be drawing their attention. Be careful not to feed them or nurture the deception that says this world is where it's at, that what they need more than anything is a good education and a good career and business success or getting married, or whatever, whatever else the world has to offer. Instead, you need to nurture in them that they are built for a better world, and that nothing here will last or satisfy. So call on Jesus to bless your children, bring them to Jesus in prayer, bring them to church, and if you haven't, bring them for baptism the sign of the promise of the kingdom. Calling down God's blessing on your child, taking Christ at his word that the kingdom belongs to such as this and longs to bestow his blessing on those brought to him. And that's what Josh and Sarah are about to do and bring Eleanor for baptism. Let's come to God in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for um, your grace and mercy That is uh, way beyond what we can ask for or imagine or desire. That uh, you would even receive children and babies, those who didn't understand, those who didn't get it at all. And yet you long for them to come and be blessed and receive the kingdom. And we thank you for the gift of the kingdom. And we thank you that you give us nothing less than the kingdom. And Jesus, we thank you that you died on the cross And we're shut out of the kingdom so that we could enter in. We thank you that the father said, go away to you, stay back to you, so that he could say, come to me, to each one of us. And so for those who have never come, we pray that this would be the day where they say, Jesus, uh, I come to you. I come to you with my hands empty and open to you, coming to receive from you something that I can never earn and I don't deserve. Your grace 
everlasting life, forgiveness, and the kingdom of God. And I trust that you will give it to me simply because I ask. And Lord, thank you that that's a prayer you love to hear and answer. And Lord, we pray that we would um, uh, just grow in the grace and knowledge of you, proclaim the kingdom to others, um, Pray that we would, as parents, be careful to uh, raise our children to know, love, follow Jesus, enter into the kingdom. And Lord, we pray that we would be coming to you again and again and again to receive uh, your blessing and grace knowing that you love to give it to us. Uh, Now as uh, Josh and Sarah will bring uh, Eleanor for baptism, what we pray and crave for her is your blessing. And so we pray this all in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.